welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Bibles to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 17. We're so glad to, you for us to join, uh, join us here on our, this is our final online service for our, uh, I guess in our Sunday night period, we've been going through covid Next week, we begin in-person worship. So I want to invite you and your family here. Uh, we will be here, um, oh, that is September 12th at 6 o'clock. We have a guest worship leader who will be joining us that evening. It's going to be a powerful time of returning Sunday night church. You know, a lot of churches have done away with their Sunday evening service. And Sunday night church can be a time to me to really dive deeper in the Word of God. It's a time of connections and really... Uh, just, uh, just allow the, the Word of God to saturate you. It's not so much of a rushed, rushed time on Sunday evenings. It's a time of focus and worship. And I know you and your family are going to have a, a powerful time for Sunday night church. And I, you know, I remember not too long ago, I won't say the name of the church, but there was one preacher, he once made the comment that his church would never get rid of Sunday evening service. And then about four or five years later, sure enough, they did. And I'm proud for our church here at Broadway Baptist that we still have a Sunday evening service. You know, during this COVID season, really past year and a half, we've been doing this online Sunday night church, but it's about to shift to in-person. But you'll still be able to tune in online as well. But go ahead here, Exodus chapter 17. What we as a church family, we have been going through our prayer guide for 40 days of prayer. And I just want to uh, highlight today some of the things we're praying for. Today is September 5th. It's Labor Day weekend. And as we go through our prayer guide, it has, you know, six different P's. And today we're, our focus is on prayer. And it asks a question here in our prayer guide. What are some things around us that we can be praying for? So have you ever wondered, okay, I uh, pray for myself. I pray for God to use me. I pray for the things in my world. But what about some things surrounding me? Uh, intercessory prayer praying for uh, evangel evangelism prayer for folks to get saved. It says right here, Salvation, who do you know that is spiritually lost? Are you praying for them to be saved? We can pray people to Christ. This baptistry here, we can fill with people who've been prayed to come to the baptistry. They follow Christ and believer. So maybe you know someone, maybe you have family members who are spiritually lost. You pray them to Jesus. Number two, it says pray for our city and nation. Lexington is a lost city. There are so many needs, so much crime, so much uh, just uh, immorality all around our city here. Confusion over, over everything. And it's not just our city. You, you, all, you all know this. It's every city in America now. It's every city in the world. I had a... Um, I had to attend recently Elizabeth's um, uh, kind of parent orientation. And I remember her ge geography teacher made a statement that's absolutely true. This was just a week or so ago. She said, you know, back in the old days, you would have people have very much culture. You could show up in someone's culture, and because of their dialect and the way they dress and the food they eat, you could actually kind of figure out, if no one told you where you were at, you could just buy those three things, their dialect, their language, the food they eat, 
and the way they dressed, you could kind of almost pinpoint where you're at in the world. If you were just showed up in the middle of nowhere. But they said nowadays, because of the internet and because of the migration, that people just move around so much, you could drop someone just in a random place, not just the United States, certainly in the United States, but almost in any part of the world, and they would have, and I don't have my phone with me, they would have a phone, they would know what YouTube is, they would know popular culture. I mean, uh, not, uh, not puppy, puppy dog pals, there's some popular TV, um, children's movie that just came out, I think it's called Puppy Dog Pals, and like six out of ten children in the world have watched this, this dog show, this dog TV show. And they make movies, and it's on Nickelodeon. That just shows you the power and the influence of media. So when we pray here for our city and nation, we, have, we live in a world that everyone, in many ways, knows the same thing. and They need to know Christ. So we need to pray for the United States. Here this Labor Day weekend, many folks aren't working. Many folks choose to not work. Many folks aren't working for the Lord. But we as believers, we need to be praying and serving the Lord. God calls us. Work is a gift from God. He expects us to be work. workers, not lazy. He worked six days and he rested the seventh day. That's our model for us. And then on that, we need to pray for revival. Next month we have revival here at our church. Now you can't schedule revival. Revival is the power of God that comes through and changes people's lives. What we've scheduled is a revival service. Bringing an evangelist, have very evangelistic style services. True revival is when the power and the Spirit of God comes and blows and moves in people's lives. So it is our, our season of prayer. So with that being said, I want to take the time to actually pray. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer for those three things. So wherever you're at, if you're... If you're listening to this, you're watching this, why don't you bow your heads and we're going to pray for these things we just talked about. God, we come this morning, this evening, and I pray for these things. I pray for salvations. Folks need to get saved. I pray for our city, Lexington, Kentucky, the United States, desperately needs the gospel. So many so many lost people, so many people focused on other things right now. Wrapping up summer. Lord, I also pray, and just so importantly, for revival. Because when revival happens, cities are changed, communities are changed. And not only that, personal lives are changed through revival, including Christians. And that, Lord, I pray for a great move of you as we're here well, day, day eight now of our 40 days of prayer as we continue praying through faithfully your word, praying through a prayer, God, praying for your spirit to move. Lord, you call us to so many different areas to 40 days, and 40 days of prayer is a priority. God, I pray this, these words we're going to read here out of Exodus 17, how we're going to see how, Lord, you told Moses Hey, these people aren't rejecting you, Moses. They're rejecting me. Strike the rock. Bring water out of the rock. And then when the Melchites came to battle, Lord, it was by you lifting up Moses' arms, victory came. Lord, I pray we experience that victory. I pray we trust you. We know we have a God that provides. 
water out of a rock. Lord, no matter what we're going through, Lord, we completely trust in you. Lord, I pray for COVID. I pray our COVID here will go away. I pray this uh, cases here in our state, our community will go down and it will, it will no longer prevent and hinder people from coming to worship in person. Lord, we give you the, these words and I pray for a powerful revival moved by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Open up your Bibles here. Exodus chapter 17. Exodus 17, verse 1. Water from a rock. The entire Israelite community left the wilderness of sin, moving from one place to the next, according to the Lord's command. They camped at Repidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So we have a situation here. They're following the cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. And they're moving around the wilderness. So this is the desert. This is what these folks are doing. And they begun, it says in verse 2, they come to Moses and they start to complain. I want to tell you, anytime we are complaining, we are in many ways, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're telling the Lord we doubt or we trust Him, especially when it's complaining about how we don't have something. Now, there's a lot of things to complain about. You can, you know, you can say, hey, it's really hot today. That's not so much attacking the Lord. You know, that's not really a complaint. But these people here, they were griping to Moses. Hey, Moses, you've drug us out here. We've been following your leadership, and this is awful. There's nothing here. We're thirsty. They're in the middle of the desert. They want something to drink. So the people complain, give us some water to drink. And then Moses says, why are you complaining to me? Moses replied to them, why are you testing the Lord? Moses associated They're complaining because, remember, God's the one that brought them into the wilderness. He's the one that's providing them the pillar that they're to follow. So the whole time, they're under the Lord's leadership. When you are in God's will and you're doing what God is going to do and is leading you to do, we should not be complaining about it when it doesn't make sense. It's not going to make sense. God calls us and asks us to trust in Him. And that's what they're not doing. So he's asking the question, why are you testing the Lord? We are not to test the Lord. Remember, the devil took Jesus up on that mountain there, probably right outside of Jericho, a real hilly area on the other side of the Jordan. And he he brought him up there. And he says, hey, if you're the Son of God, why don't you throw yourself down this mountain, this cliff, and and then he will command the angels to come. And rescue you. You will not hurt your foot. In fact, you'll be fine if you jump off this. No problem at all, Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, the Bible says also, do not test the Lord. We don't, we're not to just play games with God. That's what a test does. We're telling God that He's answerable to us. When you say, Lord, I expect you to answer this. God, I expect you to do this. Lord, I'm going to give you a 50-50 chance. You are bargaining with Him. And we're not to do that. This, we, we don't test the Lord. The Lord does test us, but not the other way around. But the people thirsted there for water and grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you ever bring us from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Things were so much better in Egypt. The past always looks better. You think about the good old days. You think about when folks went to church. You think about when folks got saved. And that's what they're remembering. We used to be in slavery. We were beaten and oppressed by the Egyptians. 
couldn't we just go back to how things used to be? And God is getting angry with the people. When we complain, we are showing our doubts against the Lord. We're saying, God, it's your fault that you've delivered me. Whenever you want to go back to sin and go back to your old lifestyle, you're saying, Lord, you're, you're not good enough. What you have extended, what you have offered, it does not supply and meet my needs. And that is a sinful complaint. And then God, Moses cries out to the Lord. It says, what should I do with these people? In a little while, they'll stone me. God, these folks are about to kill me. Do save me. Do something. This is a tragic, terrible situation. Moses doesn't know what to do. The people are thirsty. God's angry at the people. Moses is throwing his hands up and says, God, if you don't save me at this point, I'm going to die. And they're begging and whining to the Lord to go back to Egypt. And the Lord is angry. He's frustrated with them. In verse 5 it says, The Lord answered Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take the staff that you struck the Nile with your hand and go. He says, you take some leaders. This is leadership here. He's bringing up some other leaders. We're going to bring these other folks. And you, that staff that you struck the Nile on the very first plague, and the Nile River turned. It turned into blood. You take that same staff, and I'm going to show you what I'm going to do with it. This was the staff of God, the staff of Moses. And it's an important staff. It's one that God used. There's nothing magical about the staff. God is showing at the hand of Moses, whom the Lord called, whom the Lord raised up, God will perform a miracle. And God wants to perform a miracle in your life, our church's life. That's why we're going through this 40 days of prayer. You want a miracle, you start praying for it. We're, we're, to, we're to be praying for God to change our land. This morning I preached on purity. What an impure culture. Every time you watch TV, you turn on the media, you're watching the danger of just social media and how it can just shape our thinking. It's, it's uh, towards other people and towards things. It's dangerous because it's impure. And God calls us to purity. It says the pure will see God. All of a sudden here, it says, take your staff and I'm about to do something. Watch what I'm going to do, Moses. I'm going to stand there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. When you hit the rock, water will come out and the people will drink. Where is Horeb? That's the mountain of God. That's where they're soon going to receive the Ten Commandments. This is the same rock that Moses had the burning bush experience. Horeb, the mountain of God, Mount Sinai, this is all the same area. It's in the southern region of the Sinai Peninsula today, in current day Egypt. And at this mountain is when the Lord kept bringing the Israelites back and something great was going to happen. And one of the great things they're about to receive here is the Ten Commandments. So they're here at this same mountain where they worshipped at when they were released. And now God is going to bring them and He's going to experience water from this rock. He says, I'm going to stand there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. When you hit the rock, water will come out of it and the people will drink. Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. He named the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites complained and because they tested the Lord. They griped and complained 
And God is saying, I'm bringing you here with a purpose to show and to remind you that I'm going to make a provision. Is the Lord among us or not? They're at the rock right there. Water comes out of the rock and they can see by the power of God, he's able to supply their drinks. And what's powerful about this is that word, um, Meribah, that means quarreling. Test Meribah, Massa means testing, Meribah means quarreling. So what they're doing is they're saying, this is where I came to for you to receive the test. You quarreled with God. When we gripe and complain, when we threaten to test the God, we're making ourselves enemies with Him. There's no place for us to be arguing with God. The Lord is looking for us to have an attitude that says, Lord, wherever you lead, I, you know, I don't know how I'm going to meet my needs. I don't know where I'm going to get my drink. I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill, but Lord, I trust in you. What else can we say? He is God. He is our creator. We, we, we're called to trust in Him. Next section. Now, the Israelites are about to encounter a battle. They're out in the wilderness. But thing is, in the middle of the wilderness, there's other people in the wilderness, two other kind of groups, people, groups, tribes. And they're about to get attacked. And watch what the Lord is going to do. It says here, At Repidim, Amalek came and fought against Israel. So God has kept them there. He's supplying water. We still have quail. We still have manna showing up. And now these tribesmen folks, this other people group is passing by and they're going to attack. Typically you say, why would they attack them? What do they want? They want to, these other groups will want to steal and plunder them. You want to steal their food. You want to uh, steal their stuff. Any supplies they have. Their animals. And in many ways they would enslave people. And it was brutal. So That's what was going on here. And it says here, Moses said to Joshua, Select some men for us and go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the hilltop with God's staff in my hand. So the plan, God has told Moses, here's how we're going to win the battle. We're going to go and I'm going to stand on top of the hill and I'm going to hold the staff of God and we're going to go and we're going to fight these folks. The way folks battle back then was a little different. Obviously, they did not have guns. They didn't have airplanes. So literally, you would have a valley would be very common because you'd have one group on one side and you can see in a valley and one group on the other side and they would go and attack. And you could go and attack to other groups. You wanted, you wanted that elevation. So Moses is saying, I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to take my staff and God's going to do a miracle. So Joshua here, Joshua did as Moses had told him and fought against Amalek while Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. While Moses held up his hands, Israel prevailed. But whenever he put his hands down, Amalek prevailed. Again, why, what, what an unusual way to fight the battle. Moses is standing there like this. Victory. This is the victory sign. This is the sign that Moses is showing. Hey, I... I am the Lord. I brought about this. The battle belongs to the Lord. Moses, Aaron, and her are standing there in a position of victory. And it was encouragement to show to the Israelites that the Lord is with you. 
If you go to battle, you will win. Not because I'm a skilled fighter, not because I can beat you, but because I trust in the Lord. In all of these stories we're seeing in the book of Exodus, they have one running theme in them. It was the Lord. He's the victory. When Moses' hands grew heavy, they took a stone and put it up under him, and he sat down on it. Then Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so his hands remained steady until the sun went down. Literally, poor Moses all day long is like this. He's got rocks under him. He's sitting down like this. Then Aaron and Hur, they're propping up probably on their shoulder just like, goodness, how long? How fast can the sun set today? And they've propped that arm up. And the purpose of that is to show that victory sign. You know, this past weekend, football started. College football started. NFL football is about to start next weekend. That's your victory sign. You've scored a touchdown. You, you put some points on the board. That's, a, that's exactly what we see here with Moses. He's scoring as well. And it's all the Lord. And it says here, when the sun went down, Joshua defeated Amalek and his army with the sword. God brought victory for the Israelites. The Lord then said to Moses, write this down on a scroll as a reminder and recite it to Joshua. I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek under the sun. And Moses built an altar and named it, the Lord is my banner. My banner. What a name. Meaning God is the one we look to. He's my banner. We're proud to, and take pride that we're able to worship and serve the Lord. The Lord is my banner. That's his name. You can actually pray to the Lord and call him. The Lord is my banner. He said, indeed, my hand is lifted up toward the Lord's throne. The Lord will be at war with Amalek from generation to generation. God won this victory. Wasn't anything Moses... Aaron or her did. It was the Lord. And I think in both these examples, what we see here is the Lord uses these two events. Water from the rock. They're grumbling and complaining. And then knowing that the Amalek situation where they have to go to war, God uses them to build their trust. The Israel will say, why do we need to build trust? God is preparing these people for the law. What is the law? In two chapters, three chapters from here, in Exodus 20, we're going to receive the Ten Commandments. And God is preparing them. He says, look, I'm going to show you victory after victory in your life so that now I'm about to reveal my law. In fact, on this same mountain, that water came out of the rock so that you were a holy people. You're a pure people. You're set apart from me. This is why purity is so important. Because it separates us from other people. This is what I preached on this past morning. God is saying, my people are going to be different than these worldly folks. My people are going to be set apart for me. And I ask you this morning, have you trusted in the Lord? Have you complained? Have you tested Him? And not only that, does victory belong with the Lord? The Lord wants to fight our battles. We hold up our hands saying, God, I come to you. Lord, I'm yours. You know, in worship, many times you see people raising their hands. That's what it was. You come to worship, you raise your hands. That's what, 
That's what Moses was doing, propping his hands up. He came to worship the Lord, came to experience victory of the Lord, saying, Lord, it's none other but God, you. I ask you to raise your hands. You celebrate and experience the victory of the Lord. This evening, I want you to trust in the Lord. Listen, this entire uh, period of a year and a half of online services, we've been going through Exodus here, and even before that, a year ago, we were, in, we were in Genesis looking at the like of Joseph. And in many ways, we are looking at Joseph because it was pure. Purity is a running theme we're seeing. God's people are set apart and pure for Him. If you want to join us in person next week, we will be here. If you want to get saved, you reach out to me. Make a comment here. We put these services on YouTube, on Facebook, and also on our um, podcast. And you just make a comment, and we'll be able to get in touch with you. The greatest decision you can ever make is trusting Christ as your Savior, and He calls us to that. God bless you. I will see you next Sunday, that's September 12th, 6 p.m. in person here at Broadway Baptist Church. God bless you. See you next week.